God is awesome, isn't he? And he is awesome in such a way that he has, in a genius way, prepared us for how to live as believers in this world, right? Uh, he didn't just call you to uh, go to a certain church or to believe a certain list of rules or guidelines. Nope, he gave us a church. Uh, and the church has, uh, has existed uh, since the time of Jesus and the book of Acts, and we continue to be a part of that body. Uh, he has provided for us fellowship and support uh, from each other. Uh, he has given us the Bible. Uh, the Word of God, uh, that we could uh, learn from each other and learn from the Word, or that we could uh, know that we can pray and that we can call on Him. But one of the things the Word encourages us to recognize is that there is Word and there is Spirit. There is Word and there is Spirit. Uh, that's part of the resource of what is happening. And so the Word of God is written for us, and we uh, learn the Word, study the Word, apply it to us. But the Word is alive through the presence of the Holy Spirit that is in your life. Now, I don't, I don't know how you, how you think about the Holy Spirit, but um, it's one of the most important things. So it's clear that there is a large gap between what we read in Scripture about the Holy Spirit and how most believers and churches uh, operate today. Right? right? Uh, in today's churches... Uh, would we be stunned by the apparent absence of the Spirit in, in powerful ways? And, and this is really the crux of the problem of where we are even today. You know, if Satan wanted to thwart God's kingdom, God's purposes in the world, one of his main strategies would get to get believers, churchgoers to ignore the Holy Spirit. And the degree to which that has happened is directly connected to the lack of power in the church today. And I'm not just talking about our church, but I'm talking about church in general, right? I mean, we understand something very important is missing when we leave out the Holy Spirit. And I believe that something is someone, namely the Holy Spirit of God. Without him, people operate in their own strength and only accomplish human size results. So the world is not moved by love or action that are human creations. The church is not empowered to live differently than other gatherings of people without the Holy Spirit. So when believers live in the power of the Holy Spirit and are filled with the Holy Spirit, the evidence in our lives is supernatural. The church cannot be different, and the world cannot be helped without the Holy Spirit. Paul, in his writing, the empowerment needed for us to be a spirit-filled, spirit-led group of disciples of Christ comes down to being completely under the Holy Spirit's control. When we are commanded, when we are filled with the Spirit, then we can accomplish and be what God encourages us to be. So today we are thinking about learning and discovering the source of supernatural power that can help us uh, every uh, single day. Uh, so the scripture in Ephesians chapter 5, we're just looking at a short section today, verses 18 through 20. 
Uh, the, the NIV says, uh, do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. A couple other translations. The New Living Translation says, do not be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. That's verse 18. 18 in one more translation says, do not drink too much wine that cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God, huge draughts of him. Uh, so he's uh, challenging us, encouraging us. Uh, a quote from uh, preacher and devotional writer A.W. Tozer uh, definitely has my attention. He said, we may as well face it, the whole level of spirituality among us is low. We have measured ourselves by ourselves until the incentive to seek higher plateaus in the things of the spirit is all but gone. We have imitated the world, sought popular favor, manufactured delights to substitute for the joy of the Lord and produced a cheap and synthetic power to substitute for the power of the Holy Spirit. So how do we change that? How do we hear? Uh, how can we be filled with uh, the Spirit? So what I wanted to do is to, uh, to, to kind of give you three different perspectives. Uh, one is things that we can know. Um, secondly, we can look at things that we can observe in this text and then how we can apply it. So things that we can know. Now, obviously, I could probably preach a whole message on each one of these things that we can know if we were just looking at the Holy Spirit. What I'd love for you today with me is just agree with me that as believers, this is what the Bible, this is what Jesus has to say about the Holy Spirit. Could you just in your own spirit agree with me? So here's, here's some things that we know, some truths about the Holy Spirit. We know that the Holy Spirit is real because of the Bible and Jesus. Uh, the Bible teaches us uh, what the scripture has to say, uh, reminds us, gives us important truth about uh, how Christ uh, has, has taught us about the Holy Spirit. We recognize that Jesus is giving us the truth, right? Now, if, a, if, if as a pastor or a, a religious person that we just came up with this, but the Bible is so clear. I gave you some scriptures you can read later, John 15, John 16. Uh, you can read in those about the Holy Spirit, but recognizing that Jesus Christ came and he said, it is better that I don't stay here among you, that I go back to the Father so that the Holy Spirit of God would be with you. So he is with us uh, according to the scripture and according to Jesus. We know, number two, that the Holy Spirit is at work in the world today. The Holy Spirit is at work in the world today. So we, uh, we recognize that what we feel when we feel God's presence. Didn't you feel God's presence in the music today? Man, that was so awesome. They did such a good job in helping us today to kind of, but what you feel when you feel God with you is the Holy Spirit of God. He is with us, he is present with us, and he is at work in the world today. He is doing the work of God around us where we can, we can see and feel his presence. 
Number three, we know that the Holy Spirit indwells every believer. We believe that the Holy Spirit indwells every believer. It is a key to understanding. We recognize that we're not alone in this world because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are indwelt by him. We are not just dependent on our own mindset or how we see things. God has taken up residence in the heart of every true believer. Amen. We, we talked about this a, a few weeks ago about, uh, the, I mentioned the little book to you, God's Heart, my, my Heart, God's Home, how God takes up residence in all those areas of your life. So you are, as a believer, when you got saved, you were indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't think the world really gets all that, do they? Uh, you know, they think we're just being religious or, um, but we recognize that something happened to me. Something happened to you when you received Jesus Christ. It wasn't just that you kind of checked that box. No, the Holy Spirit who is alive and real in our world took up residence uh, inside of you. It, it's such a key factor in understanding how to be a believer in the world we live in, how to be a, a disciple uh, of Christ. So we, we recognize things that we know, two more. We know that the Holy Spirit alone can empower us for daily Christ-like living. Haven't you had that feeling of reading the Bible or hearing a sermon or feeling something God is speaking to you about and you wonder, I can't do it. I just can't live it out. And you know it's true, you can't. But the power of the Holy Spirit is in you, indwelling you, and empowering you to be able to accomplish whatever it is that God is calling you to do and to be. You know, I think sometimes we spend a lot of time praying about what God wants us to do, and we ought to pray more about who God wants us to be, who we are. Uh, as the Holy Spirit gives and empowers us, helps us to know uh, how we can live. You know, I, was, I, I think sometimes I, uh, you know, you have that feeling of um, you're trying to get rest. You know, people are always worried about me. You know, uh, are you getting enough rest, Pastor? Uh, you know, because, you know, you ever had that feeling you slept, you know, you slept good last night and you woke up and you're just like dragging. <laughs> you're weary and you're worn down. You know, what I realized is I need more than just sleep. I need the Holy Spirit to strengthen me, to empower me, to fill me. Uh, you know, if I'm just depending on my, my natural resources around me, I, I'm not going to get it done. But if I know that when I get up in the morning, like when I got up this morning, I was so excited. It's 5.15, nobody's up, I'm up, and I'm praying for this service, and I'm thinking about it, and I just was quiet, and I said, Lord, I just need to be filled with, boy, I can just feel those chills, can't you? Filled with his, empowered by his spirit. You know, that might help you. If you're tired all the time, maybe you need to be empowered by the power of the spirit in your daily life to live out that Christ-like character that he desires. One more. Uh, we know that the Holy Spirit will continually fill us with God. 
continually fill us with God. That's one of the things about the, the filling of the Holy Spirit is it's not just something that happened to me, you know, 40 years ago when I uh, you know, welcomed him into my heart or 50 years ago when I was a Christian. No, I get the regular filling of the Holy Spirit. When I was younger, I remember seeing for the first time this, um, this little documentary. And this documentary was about these planes that are in the military. Um, and so these planes would fly along and they would go on these long missions. And so people would wonder, well, how do, you know, they, they constantly have to stop for gas, you know, just like you. Um, you know, do you know they don't have to do that? You know, they have these little cones on the, on the outside, right on the front there, and these gas tank planes come flying along, and right in the middle of 10,000, 20,000 feet, the little hose goes out, and it connects magnetically right into the nose of the, of the plane, and they're filled in flight. <laughs> I like that. That's what I need, right? That's what you need is to recognize the filling of the spirit is happening. You know, I'm not just waiting. Oh, I, I just can't wait for church. I got to, no, no, no. No, we're going to be filled with the spirit regularly in our daily life. This continual filling of the spirit of God. It's not just a one-time thing. It's all the time recognizing that his presence desires to be with us. So those are some things that we know uh, according to the Bible and according to Jesus. Now, uh, let's look at this scripture together. Uh, this scripture, uh, we, can, we can find, we can learn some things uh, by noticing what's happening in this scripture. Remember, it says, uh, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. Now, uh, first thing I'd like you to notice is that we can see the contrast between wine and the spirit. Wine and the Spirit. So it's a very basic point about the Holy Spirit. There is a direct parallel that the Bible is drawing between drunkenness with wine and being filled with the Spirit. Now, let me just get this out of the way. This is not a sermon about alcohol. Uh, you know, we can get all wrapped up in that. Um, you know, actually, we, we have strong perspective about alcohol. In the church of the Nazarene, we decided that we would abstain from alcohol. Now, we're not saying that if somebody drinks alcohol, they're going to hell. We just say that the powerful impact of alcohol is a detriment to our society and to your family. Um, we, you know, again, I could get off on that, but that's not, what, that's not really what he's talking about in this passage. He just wants you to observe the, the contrast between getting drunk with alcohol, he uses wine here, and the spirit. So don't you think that if you were going to explain this passage, the issue is the issue of control or influence, Right? A person who is under the influence of alcohol or wine experiences altered behavior. Come on. You might say things, you might do things that you wouldn't ordinarily do. Maybe your emotions get heightened for a brief period of time. It causes a person maybe to experience anger or uh, depression or even uh, elation. You know, if a person drinks enough wine or 
beer or whatever else you want to drink. Um, you can tell I'm not very astute at all that because I've never drank one drop of any of that. But it has an effect on people. Their mental processes, their decision-making abilities uh, can be radically altered. And it, would you agree with me, it almost always ends up in a negative result. So that's the impact of, of alcohol. So his comparison is the filling of the Holy Spirit produces a change of behavior. So in the book of Acts, these once timid disciples became flaming evangelists for Jesus Christ. In the section that we've been looking in right here, Ephesians 5, he mentions practical things that are impacted by the filling of the Spirit. Wisdom, living in this evil age, uh, making the most of our time, understanding God's will, uh, a joyful heart in verse 19, with singing to the Lord, a heart filled with thanksgiving. Uh, in verse 21, we'll see next week an attitude of mutual submission. So he's talking about that when we are filled with the Spirit, something changes in us. We are controlled in a different way. When you submit your heart to the things of God, you are saying, I don't have to have my way all the time. I don't have to have things the, just from my perspective. Only a heart touched and filled with the Spirit can maintain that kind of attitude in, a, in every relationship of their life. So, number one, there's this contrast between wine and the spirit. The relationship uh, is about influence or control. Number two, we see that this, this verse helps us to understand that this is a command. This is a command. So, he's not just referencing a nice suggestion. This would be a good idea if you were a Christian. No, the, uh, the, the Greek that this was originally wrote in had various tenses to it, and this is the imperative mode. So, that means that the filling of the Spirit that Paul is talking about here isn't an optional part of the Christian life. Every Christian is to be filled with the Spirit all the time. You believe that? Every Christian is to be filled with the Spirit all the time. And so it becomes the place that we grow and that we deepen our relationship uh, with Christ. Number three, we see that God is speaking in the present tense, referring to continual action. So once again, this is helping us. What is, how is this written? It's written in the present tense, which gives us the idea of continual action. Here's, here's how we think. We, we think a lot about uh, the active tense. It's what happens when you tell your children the fall is coming and you tell your children to go out and rake the leaves before the snow falls. They go outside and they rake leaves for a few minutes and they come back in. And when you check looking out the window, you see that most of the leaves in your yard are untouched. So you say, why didn't you rake the leaves? We did. Well, why didn't you rake all the leaves? That's not what you told us to do. <laughs> Are your kids like my kids? <laughs> so what do you do? You go back and you say, I want you to go back outside and rake and rake and keep on raking until all the leaves are raked up. That's present tense, 
keep on doing something so it's not a one-time event. It's not just a few minutes. And uh, so we could legitimately translate this verse, be continually filled with the Spirit or be constantly controlled by the Spirit. How do you like this one? Be being kept filled with the Spirit. That's even hard to say. Isn't it? Be being kept filled. The Amplified Bible says, be ever filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. So the filling of the Holy Spirit is not an unusual thing that would happen for the Christian. It is the normal walk with God. So we are not only saved, but we are filled with the Spirit that allows us to live out the kind of life that God calls us to live. Um, the the desire here, you know, what happens is my poor old excuses get thrown to nothing. My poor excuses um, about why I'm not close to him. What, it, it's like, it's the present tense. You know, it's like a gift. And that's the way the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. It's a present. It's a de desire for him to be present and empowered in your life. Number four. We can observe from this scripture that to be filled means that filling is God's work, not man's work. You notice this did not say, go get yourself filled or go fill yourself up. It says, be filled uh, with the spirit. And so this is a uh, this kind of difference between an active command or a kind of a passive one. Um, you know, here, here's an active command. The active command would be, um, go to the store and pick up some milk, please. Uh, that's active. If you said, let's fill this hole with dirt, that's, that's active. Uh, desire for uh, Ephesians 5.18 does not say, fill yourself with the Spirit. It says, be filled with the Spirit. Yes. And what that means is to be filled means that the filling of the Spirit is the work of God in us, not man's work trying to accomplish it in ourselves. Yes. So he's not saying, go fill yourself. He's saying, be filled. So the implications are that the Holy Spirit is ready and willing to fill you at any moment. Do, do you know that today you could be filled with the Spirit? You could, are you ready? You know, right in the middle of this sermon, he could fill you with his Spirit. Because he's ready and he's waiting. All you have to do is ask, fill me with your Spirit. Am I open? Am I willing? So he's really ready and willing, and we must make ourselves available to him. I, I, I just... I don't know if this is a real word or not. I didn't look it up. I just made it up. But I think we should have fillability. <laughs> fillability. That's, that's good. That's what, that's what happened. You know, when I was a kid and I'd be riding around with my dad, uh, you know, this, this hardly ever happens anymore. But we would drive up to a gas station and pull up to the pumps. And this guy would come over and my dad would roll down the window and he'd say, fill her up. <laughs> Yeah, some of you, you look at me like, what? <laughs> yeah, what that meant was, I'm on empty, and I need to be filled up. Yeah. I, I, I need you to, to fill up 
my tank. That's fillability. That's that I'm empty and I'm ready uh, to be filled. It is recognizing that I have a need, but I also have a desire for that need to be met. I mean, when your need to be filled with the spirit becomes the great desire of your heart, you'll be filled. He's willing, you're willing, fill her up. That's my desire, to be ready to be available. See, the Holy Spirit fills us personally as believers and fills us as a church. You heard Austin praying. He was praying for that for us, that we would be that kind of church, that we would be filled. So what Paul is saying here is that every one of us should be filled with the Spirit, yet we should also be filled with the Spirit as a church. God intends, God desires all of us, all of his children to be filled with the Spirit. So he not only wants you to be filled individually, but he wants us as a church to be filled with the Spirit. That is the filling of the Spirit is not for your own personal help your own personal edification. God's spirit impacts and fills us so that we can be a life-changing church together. God's spirit gives us life-giving power that transforms us. We are not a club. We are not just a religious gathering. We are the living body of Christ. And that is because the Holy Spirit is filling us. And there's result. You see the result there? Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. See, he's not just talking about singing with the, with the, uh, the band today. He's talking about what is the result of your being filled with the Spirit. He's talking about there being an expression of praise. You know, the only time that some of you sing might be in church. But man, you need to be speaking out praise to God all the time, expressing praise to him. The next part says, giving thanks to him uh, always, um, speaking to one another, singing and make music in your heart, always giving thanks. He's talking about us as believers that we are constantly giving praise. You know, it'll, it'll affect your conversations. It'll affect your life if you talk about giving praise to God. Giving praise to him always. It just comes flowing out of you because the Holy Spirit uh, is indwelling you. So be a spirit-filled uh, church, he calls us. So we, we've, seen, uh, we've seen some things that we can know. We've seen some things that we can observe in this scripture. And now, how do we apply that? Three things, quickly. Number one, we can apply this truth to our relationships, to our daily walk with God. How's the application go? First thing is the issue of control. See, it's what happens when the Holy Spirit has the controlling interest in your life. That's being filled with the Spirit. Go back to the contrast between drunkenness and being filled with the Spirit. All of that is about control. So if you are filled with anger, then anger controls your life. If you are filled with greed, then greed dominates your life. If you are filled with love, then love influences your life. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, he will have the controlling interest in your life. Control by consent. Control by consent. So being filled with the Spirit doesn't mean I have, more of the, I have more of the Spirit. It means that the Spirit has more of me. Come on. 
Being filled doesn't mean I get more of the Spirit. You got all of the Spirit when you got saved. He indwelt you. You're not just buying another little piece or, nope, you just give him more of you. And sometimes it doesn't happen all at once. You know, we kind of grow in our understanding of giving ourselves continually over to his influence, the issue of control. Number two, our application is the issue of cooperation. Cooperation. I believe that every Christian is filled with the spirit from the moment of their birth. The Holy Spirit indwells us when we are saved, Um, which is why you ever notice how a new believer seems way more joyful and way more excited than you are, right? Because it's it's happening to them, but we kind of get used to it. And there you sit. I saw you when you come in. There you are, just filled with the Spirit. So there's this issue of cooperation. Uh, That means that the central issue is, am I going to cooperate with the Holy Spirit? Let him lead me. And am I going to keep on trying to do things my way or his way? You know, we struggle with this one, right? We struggle with this one in the sense that, you know, you know that if you won't cooperate with God, he will let you do what you want to do. The Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. He will only let, he will only do what you allow him to do. You ever ever met people that are resisting God? Oh, I've seen it many times. You know, that's what the back of those pews in front of you are for. People hold on to that thing, you know, doing anything they can. Even in this room this morning, some of you are a little nervous because the Holy Spirit is in this room. And you can either resist him or you can welcome him. You can either come against him or you can cooperate with him. It's your choice. He's not going to make you, but he provided this resource to help you. You know, um, the, the, the issue for us is, are we going to cooperate with him? We got one more. The issue of control. Are you going to allow him to be in control? Number two, the issue of cooperation. Are we going to let him accomplish what he desires in our lives and the issue of contact? Contact. Um, What that means is that the spirit is substantive and filling us. It's like um, uh, those, those trains in Chicago. They call them the L. You know why they call them the L? Because they're an elevated elevated train, like an E-L, elevated. So what that means is that they have three different kind of connections. So there's a rail and there's there's a wheel on each rail on the sides, right? And then there's a connection underneath that train that is the electrical connection that makes that thing run. So, you know, if you only have If you're only got the wheels on the outside, that train is not going to run. But when the electricity is attached, the train moves along. That third connection is like the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit is the connection. He's the power. He's the one that's available. And unlike the utilities in a storm, it never runs out of power. He never has a power shortage. Sometimes we live out of contact with his power. And when that happens, our lives simply stop working the way that he intended. So it's that it's this relationship with the Holy Spirit where he is free to do all that he came to do uh, in my life. 
He is coming to grant us direction, to show us what he wants to accomplish there. It's sort of like, you know, maybe I could have my little science project up here today. You got three jars. Can you picture them? One is totally full of all kinds of stuff. And the second one has a lid on it. And the third one is wide open. You know, that first one is hard to fill up with anything because it's already full. Don't you feel like that as a Christian sometimes? That your life gets so full, whether it's half full or totally full, sometimes we get so full of everything else, we don't have any room for the Spirit. What if He talks to you about something? What if He has a different plan? What if He has something He wants you to do? We can recognize that if our lives are too full, it's hard for the Holy Spirit to have any, any direction in us. Or if your life is like the lid on it, you know, you got a lid on there. You're not letting anything in. You got it in control. You know, you're doing, you're doing your own thing. Or you could be like that jar with no lid on it, completely empty, ready to be filled with the Spirit. That's his desire uh, for every one of us. So um, I need to finish here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going uh, to just tell you a few personal things. Um, I don't want my life to be explainable without the Holy Spirit. I don't want to just live out in certain giftedness or abilities. You know, sometimes you do things, you know, maybe you have different skills or abilities. I know sometimes people say, well, he, he's, just, he's just special like that. He, he, he's just got that special gift. No, no, no. It's the Holy Spirit. See, I want people to look at my life and to know that I could not be on a daily basis who I am without the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to live in such a way that I am desperate for him to come. And if he doesn't show up, I'm done anyway. Deep desire to do things that I know are not from me. Do something in us. Do something in me that is life-changing. You see, I don't believe that God wants me or anyone else who belongs to him to live in a way that makes sense to the rest of the world around us. Come on. If it makes all the sense to them, who doesn't even know Christ, what good is all that? See, I believe that he is calling me and all of us to depend on him rather than our talent, our resources, our knowledge. See, with him, let's just say without him, we've kind of found a way to live as Christians without him, right? We're just followers. We go to church. We kind of do our thing. Man, when you live in the power of the spirit, man, exciting things happen. When he's leading us, See, we're recognizing that instead of mustering up willpower to be who I need to be, no, let's focus our energy and our time on asking for help from the one who has the power to change us. Let's take the time to ask God to put the fruit of his spirit in our lives. Let's spend time with the one who can bring transformation uh, to us. See, without the Spirit of God in our midst, without working in us, guiding us and living in us and loving through us, we will never be the kind of people and community that he called us to be. There is no such thing as a real believer who doesn't have the Holy Spirit. 
or a real church that is not led by the Spirit. It's just impossible. It is possible for us to hinder him. I mean, has anyone ever asked you, how do you have that kind of peace? How do you live under that kind of self-control? Where does your joy come from, even in the midst of all that you're dealing with? And you can say, I'm filled with God. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm empowered by him. God wants to fill you with his spirit right now, today, this afternoon, every day when you wake up, you can choose to be filled with the Spirit and become an unstoppable, empowered individual and church sustained by the Spirit of God. So we could pray, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. So I'm going to finish this with a prayer. Now I'm going to pray this prayer slowly. I'd like you to think about asking God to fill you with his spirit, whatever you think that means for you today. So let's repent of not allowing him to fill us like the Bible encourages us, and let's ask him to come. Would you welcome? See, this could be an amazing moment for you because you're either resisting right now or you're, you're ready to say, that that's what I need. I'm not telling you to work something up. There's no emotion. We're not singing a song and kind of getting you all excited. Nope. I just want you to willingly say, fill me with your spirit and help me to live out my Christian walk every day filled with your spirit. And he'll continue to fill you up. That gas station will show up over and over again and that pipe will connect to you and there you are, filled with the spirit, right in the middle of the biggest difficulty, right in the middle of the biggest problem. You ready to pray with me? Let's bow together. Uh, Lord Jesus, we recognize that no matter who we are, where we grow up, how we have been raised, what our education is about, what our finances are about, how we deal with things emotionally, we recognize that you desire to fill us. We know that we've done wrong, Lord. Forgive us for grieving, resisting, and quenching the Spirit. We resist you at times through sin, through our rebellion, through our hardness of heart. At times, we just are spiritually blind. At other times, we know what you wanted us to do, but we ignored it. We ignored your promptings. Yet that's not how you want us to live, Lord. We need you to change us. Only through you can we worship. Worship the spirit of the Lord. You are the one who brings us to the place of worship and gratitude. You are the spirit of truth, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of life. We need your wisdom. We need your understanding. And we need the filling of your spirit. Lord, speak loudly today. Drown out all the other voices that call us to conform to the patterns of this world. 
You are the spirit of love. You are the spirit of patience. You are the spirit of self-control. We need you to help us deny our flesh and to follow you. Fill us with your spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come into my heart today. We don't know fully maybe what that means or what it looks like. But in this place, at this time, in this moment, indwell us, we pray. We pray for you to come. And Lord, we give you thanks that you are not only so willing, but we know that you are able to accomplish it now. Fill me with your spirit. Fill us with your spirit. And the result is great praise. Praise you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your filling, Lord. Give him praise. Speak a word of praise. Tell him thanks. Let the, let the spirit of gratitude go flowing out of your heart. Thank him for being so willing to resource your walk with God, to help you to walk with him, to help you to be filled with the spirit. Can we just give him praise together? Can we just thank him? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's so much for us to apply. Uh, don't walk out of here and check the box. Yeah, I went to church today. No, go and be filled with the Spirit of God. Be alive in Him and be the person out in the world that is so full of Jesus that it just splashes on all those that are around us, singing, giving praise to God, always giving thanks in His name. Everybody said together, amen. Praise His name.